they can hold me accountable to something. And I, I have to, as a leader, have to be willing to allow that to happen if I'm going to really have real relationships with them. Um, so I'm holding them accountable every day. And if I come in and I'm in a bad mood and I'm taking that out on the team, they're allowed to come up to me and say, coach, man, you need to check yourself. And, and they've done that plenty of times. Welcome to the Jamoti podcast. We are all surrounded by amazing coaches and leaders. So let's get an inside look at not just what they do, but how they do what they do. After all, becoming the best versions of ourselves is Jamoti, just a matter of doing it. Today, we are joined by the head men's basketball coach at Abilene Christian University, Brett Tanner. Coach Tanner was promoted to the head coaching position after eight seasons with the Wildcats. First as an assistant and the last six seasons as the associate head coach. He was key in leading the Wildcats to three straight 20-win seasons in back-to-back NCAA postseason appearances and their first-round upset of Texas in the 2021 NCAA tournament. Prior to ACU, he was a top assistant at SFA, where he helped the program to three regular season Southland championships and three title game appearances from 2006 to 2013. Before we hear from Coach, take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media at Jamoti Podcast. I just want to thank you so much for giving up your time and coming on Talking Hoops with me. This is an honor for me. Yeah, no, it's, I'm, I'm happy to do it, man. I'm really happy to do it. And I wish my Zoom was all set up better, but we'll, we'll, we'll work through it. Yeah, no, I think everything looks good. And I love the questions that you chose. Uh, but real quick, just kind of what are some things that are going on with you right now? You know, we just moved into a beautiful new facility, man. Um, renovated facility, but but it's new to us, really. Yeah. I mean, Moody Coliseum was a fixture on this campus. And, uh, you know, we ha- we've not been in it for the last two years. And so uh, we've been playing in a tennis facility, you know, um, that they, they, they made into a basketball gym for us uh, while they were renovating Moody Coliseum. And we just moved in uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, it's unbelievable, beautiful. I mean, back in house, this is a uh, – I tell people, man, this is like a power five facility, in my opinion, wow. like uh, with the back of the house stuff. You know, the, the gym is the gym. It's beautiful, but um, it's just – it's got purple chairs now instead of red and black ones. Uh, but but it, it's the, the, the film room, the team room, the locker room, uh, the practice gym, you know, uh, that we've never had. Uh, all of that is just first class, man. It just proves that ACU really is committed to, to making men's basketball work. Yeah, definitely. When they put those types, that type of time and resources into it, I mean, you know that they're thinking in the right direction because it seems like all all athletes need to do is just just take a visit, just come That's figure, right. come see it, and then they'll be wowed just like you guys have been uh, this whole time. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's fun time. It's a great time to be at ACU for sure. Love that. One of my one of my I say favorite players. I mean, we all have favorites, but I feel like uh, I have a lot of favorites over the years of faith. But one of my uh, former players Grant Sully is, is is at is at ACU or or graduated from, but he had nothing but awesome things to say about his experience there. And so you, you guys are definitely doing something right. Good, yeah, it's good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> good to hear. Well, I love getting to ask coaches who they listen to, who they follow, because there's probably a lot of coaches out there that that you're that guy for them, and they're constantly following you on social media looking to see what you're into, but what do you, who are you learning from? Who do you follow? You know, uh, I used to be a big Vince Lombardi guy, like, you know, back in the day, my early days, you know, but I've kind of changed over the years. Um, now there's still some great things. I still have a thing that, hmm. that, that's right here by my computer with a Vince Lombardi quote, but 
you know, that was kind of a win at all cost deal. And, and, and I've changed throughout my career, you know, um, but that's not necessarily the case. And so uh, as much respect as I have for Coach Lombardi, I still still read his stuff and look at his stuff. I think obviously I follow, you know, the guys that I'm close with, you know, Chris Beard's, you know, personal friend of mine that uh, he's, he's done well. We, we communicate a lot. I follow all his stuff. Uh, Joe Golding, you know, my former boss here. I follow his stuff. Uh, I'm a big Greg Popovich guy, you know. Um, I look into all his stuff. And, and kind of the outside the box one is, uh, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago, I was listening to a podcast. Um, and I think Defining Mastery. Uh, I'm always leadership stuff. And I, I'm always searching for stuff like that. And they, they had an interview with a guy by the name of Jack Clark, who is uh, the rugby coach at Cal Berkeley. Oh. And it's pretty amazing, man. And so I've, I've been locked into that guy ever since I heard that podcast. Um, if, if he's doing something, I try to listen to it. If he's if, if he's written something, I try to read it. Uh, and it, it's not the dude. He's been doing this for 41 years. He's won 21 national titles. Um, and the biggest thing is, I think you know, a guy that's done it for 41 years, you know, is has had to adjust, right? Like so, coaching players 41 years ago is not the same as coaching players today. And yeah. to have success over that long period of time, the dude's figured something out, right? Yeah. And, and he, he's learned how to adapt. And so that's kind of why. Uh, that's somebody I admire. I've never spoken to the man in my life. Um, never met him. I would love to someday. Um, but just like I said, I like I just the other day I was actually on their website, you know, just looking at their team stuff. You know what I mean? Kind of it, it's it's a weird thing, but it's something winners win, and, and it doesn't it, it crosses all sports. Right. Uh, Cult, leaders yeah, are leaders. Does. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I try to read everything I can. You know. Um, and so if if I can read something, then then I then I read it. You know, if if it has something to do with culture. I'm going to read it. I like that. I, I like what you said too about how winning is, is hard and it's special when anybody wins at the highest level, a championship, like that's incredible, but to do it over different decades to have sus sustained success, there is, you got to look at that because even in basketball, you look back over, you know, the eighties and nineties, some of those coaches that, were winning at a high clip there it was almost like they hit a wall where kids and the times were changing and maybe they chose not to and so it's that's what makes to me coach k so intriguing yeah. is how over four decades he, he was able to change with the times and, and coach differently and change his philosophy one thing you said with, like with you followed vince lombardi but then the winning at all costs over the years you've changed go into that a little bit of what what made you change from from that philosophy? You, you know, uh, honestly, I think just time. Uh, but working for Joe Golding, who's now at UTEP, really helped me with that. Um, he's a close personal friend, you know, and they, you know, everybody told us and warned us not to work together um, because we're friends. You know, they thought it would yeah. it would it would hurt our friendship, and uh, we had some, we had our tough times, of course. But uh, I, I think he was a guy that allowed me to reconnect. You know, with just understanding there's more to it, you know what I mean, than than just winning, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think just spending the the eight years I did with him, um, I, I just I started to learn a lot. You know, I, he wasn't even trying to teach me. It's just just me watching him and and how um, how he built relationships and how he cared about the players and and how it was more than just basketball because we didn't win early, um, and and it wasn't. Uh, and that was where I'm sitting here going, oh, my God, I was coming from Stephen F. Austin where we, we had won championships and um, gone to the NCAA tournament. And I'm sitting here struggling because we're not winning. 
uh, he was kind of somebody who helped me understand that, you know, it's, it's more about the process, you know, than it is about just winning championships. And that's one of the things that Jack Clark talks about, all the time. you know, he talks about, it's, you know, some guy, he says a goblet, but, you know, a trophy um, is not necessarily the end all, man. It's great. We want to win it. Um, but it's about the whole process of getting to that point that's more important. Man, thank you for sharing that because I do love getting to learn from leaders in different sports. And I think it's a great idea to venture outside. Excellence is, it translates. You know, right. it's, not, and not, it's not just about that one sport. You mentioned being friends with, with Coach. How, how was that working together? Any challenges? Because I'm assuming there's a lot of coaches out there that may have a really good friend on staff that you, you might be able to help out a little. Yeah, you know, we had our challenges like you would have with any boss, assistant coach, whatever. Uh, it helped. I think I give him the most credit for this because he never treated me like his assistant. He re truly treated me like a co-head coach, and he didn't have to do that. Um, and that helped probably me more than any, than him. Um, but but I think the biggest thing was, you know, we had to fight through those hard times, but we, we did a great job. Um, and I don't know how we did it. I wish I could tell you how we did it, but of separating the office from our personal life. Hmm. Our wives were friends. Our kids were friends. They still are, of course. And um, when we left the office, man, and we went and I sat on his back porch and we're having dinner. Very rarely did we talk about the issues that we were having at work. You know, we talked about, um, you know, we would talk. We not saying we never talked basketball, but it would be something completely different. If we had a problem, man, we left it at the door um, and we picked it back up, you know, the next day when we showed up. And so uh, I think that was a probably the best thing that we ever did was we just somehow figured, I wish I, like I said, I wish I could say this is why we did it or how we did it, but we, we just found a way to just leave it. And I think that was because our friendship was deeper than our working relationship. The Jamoti podcast is powered by Sideline Interactive. Sideline Interactive is the leading manufacturer for high quality, innovative scoring tables and LED video display boards that help coaches and schools bring more excitement to fans, create huge fundraising opportunities and make their jobs easier. Visit sidelineinteractive.com to check out their amazing products. I would imagine, you know, that philosophy that you guys had to that choice that you made to leave work at the gym and, and just enjoy the time. That's probably what we need to do with our families when we get yeah. home. So that transitions really nice into another question of how do you balance family and basketball, the passion that you have for it? Well, it's it's helpful now because my, my oldest son is, is playing for us. That helps. I get to spend more time with him. I see him way more than my wife does, which upsets her. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think, again, and, and not to keep pounding on this, but I think, you know, I think Coach Golding, you know, uh, helped me grow from that. Um, but I think seeing how he, you know, he coached his kids in Little League and he did all that. And my kids, I didn't do that, you know, and, and I missed out on that. Um, mm. And so seeing that, I think that's one of the reasons he was able to handle because some of the, the struggles we had early was because he had such a good life at home, you know, and I had a good one too, but I, I, I can remember times when I was working elsewhere where I was gone all the time, you know, and, and I wasn't seeing my kids grow up and, and coming to Abilene Christian, um, just not, not just, just, not just Joe Golding, but just Abilene Christian in general really helped me kind of center myself a little bit and realize truly what's important. I mean, this is a place where kids are welcome. I mean, we got kids running around the office all day. We got, you know, my my assistants are, can bring their kids up here and hang out. Uh, I want I want my guys to go home for dinner, even if there's going to be days where we have to come back up here uh, mm. and work at night. But I want everybody to go home and have dinner with their families if they can. Um, kiss their kids goodnight. You know, and if we got to come back up here, we got to come back up here. Uh, but I think 
that's the biggest thing. I think really when I came to Abilene Christian 10 years ago was when I was able to kind of reconnect. And that's sad to say, but reconnect with my family on, on a personal level and, and start to see how much, you know, uh, they actually helped me become a better coach, you know, yeah. um, because I'm not pouring everything I have into this. Um, and, and they're involved in it. I think that's one of the reasons why my, my son wants to wanted to play here. Um, and for me is because, um, because we have that connection now that we didn't used to have, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think just, just Abilene Christian has really helped me with that. Uh, but being around people like, like Joe, uh, and then, and then I have an unbelievable staff with beautiful families, um, all at different stages, you know, and, and just, and now getting to connect with their families and letting their kids run around up here. And, um, you know, we had one, we had a, we had one kid last year, uh, Coach Trilly, one of my assistant coaches, his, his son tried to sit on the bench during the game, and uh, we had we had the security trying to pull him back as we were in that tennis facility. We weren't in the Coliseum. Yeah. I said, "Man, if he wants to sit down here, let him sit." Uh, of course, Coach Trilly said, "No, no, 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 no. You know, yeah. let, let him go back with his mom." But uh, but honestly, that stuff, man, is, is super important. I think if you don't if you don't let your family be a part of what you're doing, man, then, then one of them is going to break. Um, and, and usually it's, it's the family and, and unfortunately for all of us that are competitors and all that. Yeah. And, and that's the last thing I ever wanted to happen, um, because my family is, is so important to me. Some great reminders there, man. And I think it's special that 10 years ago, you were able to see the, the path that you were on with your family and you were able to make that change. And you obviously, like you said, you had other people around that helped you see it too but i wonder how many coaches out there don't make that realization until it's too late because we we only have that certain amount of time with the especially our kids when we're at home and then also just remembering to cherish our wives that we have and not ever allow them to feel second to the game and that's something that my wife and i have talked about a lot is i never want her to feel like it's basketball and then her or, yeah. or the kids. So it sounds like you were able to see that early on and right on time. I was. And, and you know, one of the good things that I've tried to carry on that Coach Golding did, and, and I'd never had this when I was anywhere else, was, you know, he always let me pick a couple of trips where I could bring my wife and my kids um, with us. And so I've tried to continue that. Um, and I, we just met on this the other day. I, you know, I told the assistants, hey, man, go back to your families and figure out which one, you know. Um, they want. Of course, they can't travel at all. They all have different things going on, too. But but I think it's important for them to ex- experience what we experience when we're gone, yeah. you know, for a week or two weeks and, um, and they can travel with us and see that. Um, and I think that's something that he did that really connected with me and that I've tried to continue um, since I've gotten the job. I've had a lot of coaches say that, that have coached their own sons, that it was a really special experience for them, that they loved it. But then I would imagine, well, I'm going through it right now. I stepson is a sophomore at faith and, and he's playing and I, you know, don't know what team or anything yet, but uh, yeah, I don't want to put that out there just in case he hears this. But, no. but um, and it's going well. But what advice do you have for coaches that do have their kids in their programs and, and are going to be spending time with them like on the floor? So I, I called some good friends of mine um, when when my son decided to come here. Um, and in all honesty, he's not a Division One caliber athlete, you know, Um he knew that we had a long talk about that. Um, he could have played small college like I did. Um, he was good enough to do that, but he wanted to come be a part of this and which meant a lot to me. Um, and so I called some good friends of mine. One of them in particular was Kellen Sampson, who's a good friend of mine at H- the University of Houston, who played for his dad. I, I saw him very similar to Colby. 
um, you know, different times, different levels and all that stuff. But, um, you know, and, and one of the things I said, what was some of the things that, you know, you and your dad did that separated that, you know, and he, he told me and not trying to get personal with it. He put out his business, but he just said, hey, I always called my dad coach. I, I made sure when I was there, he was coach. And when I was at home, he was dad. Um, and then I don't even think he realized he said it to me. Uh, but his dad, you know, he said his, his dad coached him hard, but he always felt like his dad was was still dad, even when he was coaching him. And so I've tried to not like, of course, you have to separate the two, but I also want him to know that I am still his dad. You know, um, it's like when he got hurt the other day, you know, I, I mean, I still I'm still his dad. Uh, yeah. I can't fake it. And, and so I'm not going to try to fake it and let somebody else go take care of him. You know, like he's still my kid. And I think uh, it, that's tricky. I think you have to figure out how to do that. Um, and I'm not sure I figured it out completely just yet. Yeah. Um, uh, I coach him just like I coach everybody else. Um, and he does. He calls me coach. That's one of the things me and him talked about, you know. Um, but uh, I still want him to know that when we're walking out of the gym, I can put my arm around him just like I would any of my other players. But he is my kid. And um, I'm not going to separate that. He can still be my kid even when he's out there on the floor. I was just thinking about when you're talking coaches having to separate, you know, who they are at home, who they are, how they are at the gym or, or making sure that maybe the, uh, there, there's going to be some obvious differences between the way that we coach and, and talk to our team and maybe the way that we relax at home. But I think that's maybe a challenge too. Like, should we have to change that much as a person? Like if we are somebody completely different at the gym, with a team we're losing our cool we're saying things that in our at home we wouldn't say maybe that's like a gut check moment like i would i would hope i would hope that yeah maybe some of our family jokes family voices some things that are just for us we do keep at home but then when i am coaching them here there may be some times where the passion comes out but at the end of the day too it's like yeah it's it's the same person what what are your thoughts on that yeah, I, I guess that's kind of what I was trying to articulate. Yeah. I didn't do a very good job of it. But I, I think uh, and that's kind of what, you know, he was saying to me is that I think he he never felt like his dad, which is probably why he's so his dad's so good, <laughs> you know, but but his dad never changed who he was yeah. for at home with him to where he was at. You know, of course, he's coaching him and he's he's doing some things that he wouldn't do at home, but he was never a, a different person. Yeah, I think, that's the, I think that's the, the, the nugget that I'm taking. Like, I have to make yeah. sure that the culture we have the way i'm treating them like i should feel good about that and i shouldn't feel like it's different than the way that i am i think that's the our coaches different outside of the gym that they are when they're inside and i'm not talking about passion volume things like that yeah. but uh, gut check really for me like i need to make sure that i'm the same person yeah yeah i think that's that's basically what he was telling me and i'm i'm trying just, you know, to make sure I'm doing that yeah. <laughs> right now. Well, because you you played in college, and and I had some experiences in college where, man, sometimes the guy that we saw, and, and I'm not talking about Coach Drew, just I don't want sure. people to think that, but that guy that I saw was was different. But then all of a sudden, like in front of the media or outside, that's another person, and that's hard. It's hard as a player to you know one. We don't want them to be on their toes, whether they're our kid or not. We want them to feel comfortable with, yeah, coach will be coach every day, whether we played good or bad, won or lost, he's going to be consistent. But that was my experience quite often. And again, just a reminder, I think I'm more just telling myself it right now than anything else that I need to make sure I'm, I'm being that guy. Yeah, for sure. 
So you've had an interesting experience being at ACU uh, for so long before becoming the head coach, even though you were associate head coach for uh, two seasons. Uh, I was associate head coach six, for, years. for six or seven, yeah. Yeah, so uh, you're an assistant coach first, associate head coach for a long time, coach leaves, and you get the job. So obviously there was a culture already established that you were comfortable with and you're a part of, and, and man, you guys have had some incredible success. But now being the head coach, are the pillars the same? And if, if they are, what are the pillars in your program? Yeah, so uh, they're the same. Um, there's something that we came up with together as a staff. You know, we, we I don't know, maybe eight years ago, we just sat down and we said, listen, man, you know, we're building this program. Culture is important, but we've got to come up with some ideas of, of, of what are truly important. We can't we can't hammer 20 different things. Right. Like, what's what's most important to us? And um, we came up with four pillars and and we and we we hammered those home and we still do to this day. And I think uh, I'll carry them with them with me the rest of my coaching career. Uh, and they they're, they're these four things. It's communicate. Uh, it's, it's, it's build. We use the word consistently in front of them. So we consistently communicate. Uh, we consistently build real relationships. We consistently hold each other accountable and we consistently compete. Mm-hmm. And so those four things, you know, uh, communicate, build relationships, hold each other accountable and compete. And I think they have to go in that order. And th- this is the change that I made uh, as a head coach. We used to just talk about those four. And so they could come in any order. We talked about them. But I started thinking about it, and I was actually talking with one of my other assistants that, you know, and we kind of came up with this. They need to go in order. I think the first thing you have to be able to do is communicate. And that's not uh, that's not just, of course, we've got to communicate on the floor, right? We talk about that, but it's off the floor. Yeah. Um, we talk about, you know, listen, man, you got to tell me when – if, if you got a serious test you got to study for and pra- I have practice schedule and you got to – it's not going to work. you got to communicate that with me, and maybe I can make an adjustment, you know. Um, or, you know, you failed a test, man. Don't keep that to yourself. Communicate that. but just communicate but i don't think and then the second is is build real relationships and i don't think you can if you don't communicate you can't have relationships so that's why communicate has to come first uh and then we want to build real relationships and we we do those things uh, in a lot of different ways you know which i could i could talk about for days probably but that's really really super important to me uh into our program is we want to have real i think if you watch us play people you know culture has kind of become a buzzword yeah and so we use we use but it is it, but it's real and, and so we use the word connected, you know, we're connected and, and you can't be connected if you don't have real relationships with people, you know? And, and then the third one was hold each other accountable. Well, if you don't communicate, you don't have real relationships, you really can't hold each other accountable. Right. And so, um, I allow the players to hold me accountable, you know, and, and we, we, we make commitments every year before the season and we hold each other accountable to those commitments. We're not going to be perfect. It's not a sacrifice. We used to do a sacrifice, but Sacrifice means you're truly going to give something up no matter what. Hold right? on. What, what do you mean you did a sacrifice? What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we sacrificed something in our life, you know. But, yeah. but I changed it when I got the job to a commitment. So yeah. we're allowed to fail, you know, but it's a commitment. And we can hold each other accountable to that. But, like, you know, uh, they can hold me accountable to something. And I, I have to, as a leader, have to be willing to allow that to happen if I'm going to really have real relationships with them. Um, so I'm holding them accountable every day. and. If I come in and I'm in a bad mood and I'm taking that out on the team, they're allowed to come up to me and say, coach, man, you need to check yourself. And and they've done that plenty of times. Um, you know, my commitment last year was to do better with my demeanor and my language and things of that nature, you know, that I've been trying to work on. And they can come up to me and it took them a while to trust that, but they can come up to me in the middle of a practice and say, coach, man, you know, 
you're kind of crazy today. You know what I mean? Check yourself. And, and, and so you got to allow them to do that, you know? And then the last thing is compete. That's what we're here for. Right. Mm. Um, but I don't think you can compete, you know, if you don't hold each other accountable and you don't have real relationships and you don't communicate. So, uh, and compete is everywhere, not just on the court, but we got to compete in the classroom. We, you know, when, when we have dinner at my house, man, who's going to be the last one in my house. We don't want anybody speeding and getting, getting, and getting hurt or getting in trouble, but let's, let's leave early enough that I'm not the last one to get there. Let's compete. Um, every time we do come to my house or we go to an assistance house, we have something there where we compete, you know, we want to compete. We want to consistently be competing with each other. Um, and then, you know, we have a GPA competition. We have groups, uh, academic groups. Well, the highest GPA, we're competing all semester to see which group is going to have the highest cumulative GPA, you know? Um, so we're going to compete everywhere. And those four things I think cover all of it. You know, um, I can't, I couldn't think of anything better than those four pillars. And there, there's a lot to unpack there. I do really like the flow that they have. And and that's something, maybe a takeaway from, like, I think every coach has, you're right, culture, buzzword. I almost feel like sometimes in those questions, changing that, you know, like, how do you show up every day? Who are you going to be? Like that's, you know, that, and cause culture has been around for a long time. We just now named it, you know, that yeah. word. And so yeah, exactly. who, who are you? How are we going to show up every day? What do we believe in? I like the flow of that. So I wonder how many coaches have a culture. Maybe it's an acronym. I, I mm. do like things to kind of flow like that, put on a t-shirt, all that. That's good. But what if there, there is a better order that they could have that makes sense that maybe even makes it more applicable because your culture mm -hmm. really is, you start with that communication, fellas, this is important. When I text you within 24 hours, you, you've got to respond because you start there. Then the relationship maybe isn't fractured. Uh, you know, Correct. that has a really good flow to it. Yeah, absolutely. And they're, they're, we talk about them. We hammer them home all the time. Um, the new guys have to, to know them quickly. And, um, and then, like I said, we talk about them in, in uh, our groups. You know what I mean? Uh, we have we have what we call leadership groups um, once a week. And that's a time where, uh, kind of getting off the subject here, but it goes with this. We used to do, um, you know, where we had leadership groups. Like one was, you know, providing the program. We had names for each group. And I've gotten away from that. We just have groups. So, and it's where I'm, I step away. Uh, an assistant coach has a certain amount of players uh, for a few weeks. And then we switch them and we mix them up. And, we, we, uh, and they just talk about life you know, uh, non-basketball. Um, and, but we also talk about these pillars right before each meeting and, and how let's use these pillars in this meeting. Let's communicate. Number one, let's hold each other accountable if we need to, you know what I mean? And, or let's, let's work our relationships. Let's hold each other accountable if we need to. And, and I think that has been a game changer for us yeah. since we started doing those leadership. We call them leadership groups. I don't know why, um, uh, but it's, it's really more just, uh, just getting to know each other, just, just, pouring into each other and, and um, you know, mental health is such a big thing today. Um, you know, and a lot of those meetings kind of turn into that some now and just checking each other and making sure we're okay. And uh, again, that's the stuff I would have never done, you know, 24 years ago when I started coaching. And I think it's so important to what we do now. And it falls in line with those, those pillars, I think. The third one, holding each other accountable. I think since team sport began and coaches were in control we've been holding players accountable. I don't think that's different. That's not new. But what's unique is now the ability of players to hold us accountable. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good thing. I think it's positive. And I think it'll make relationships better, like you said. But what have you seen as the big change in that dynamic of players actually having that ability to say, Coach, listen, you know, here's our pillars and, and hold us accountable? Yeah. Uh, I mean, what you see is 
the new guys never do it early, right? <laughs> until they until they witness some of the older guys in the program doing it. And uh, you you have to have some understanding, of course. And we talk about that when we you know in our meet early meetings in the year, like you know they can't come up to me right in the middle of a you know a rampage and and you know they got to wait. Let me cool off to come to me. Um, Good idea. I, also, I had to work on it, you know, and yeah. if, if I'm going to allow these guys to do that, then I have to allow them to do it. Um, they have to be able to to check me and then they're going to say some things that I don't like. And it's not just on the court. I mean, there's been players over the last couple of years before I was even a head coach and as an assistant. But even last year, uh, you know, I've gotten phone calls at night. I've had guys walk into my office and shut the door and say, Coach, we need to talk, man. This is something that you said we were going to do. And we haven't done it. Or this is something that you say is important. And I don't know if you're uh, actually upholding that standard. And, and um, that has made me such a better coach. You know what I mean? Um, and so it's it's become easy. But it was really scary for me at first because I thought, well, what are these guys? Am I going to really allow it? You know, or am, am I, I going to like what they're telling me? Um, and we were in the middle of a five-game losing streak last year. We won. We had a crazy year last year. We won 11 straight. Uh, lost a double overtime at AM and you know had some amazing games and then we just couldn't we couldn't win um and i was checked on a couple things by two of our players that i think helped get us out of that losing streak and um and nothing major little things but how we were practicing my, how i was acting um the things that i was saying in film um and i immediately changed hmm. and i met with the team and we go on and we don't lose again we do. We lose on a last second shot uh, at SFA and a last second shot at Sam Houston. And we didn't lose again until the conference tournament championship game. Uh, we end up with 25 wins. And if those guys don't ever do that, we may never win another game, you know. Um, and instead we go and we win, I think it was 12 out of 14 to finish the year. And um, it's all because I, I believe those guys came in and held me accountable to a few things um, and made me a better coach. That's a special story. One, the fact that the players did it. It speaks to the relationship that you've built with them, that they felt uh, they had the ability. They felt that there was enough trust in between you that they could do that. But then another side of that is the fact that, one, you let them, you listened, and you're open enough to actually make the change. Coach, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's common. I think a lot of us, yeah, it says it sounds nice at the beginning of your Guys, listen, if you have anything – but you want to bring up to me, yeah, one-on-one, my here, my door is open. I think we've all said that, but when it actually happens, are we yeah. open enough, humble enough to take it and make a change? That's incredible. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. I think it's it's a, it's been a growth for me. It wasn't as easy right off the bat, you know, um, and I think it goes back to those relationships, man. It's all about having real relationships, and, you know, 20, I was a head coach at a very young age, and I wasn't very good at it. Um and it was because everything was win, 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 win. And it wasn't about if, if a guy couldn't help me win, okay, I'm, uh, you're not as important to me as the guys that can't help me win. Mm. And that is where I've evolved as a coach, I think, and, and understood how much how important the relationship piece is and how much better my quality of life is um, because of those relationships that I have with those guys. And um, if you don't have the relationship piece, you can't do it, you know. Um, and so I think that's the biggest, the biggest part. My high school coach was Tommy Thomas at the Colony High School and is still one of my mentors to this day. And when I started coaching, I was probably a lot like you, resulting. It was all about we we have to win, legacy, all of these things that when you're young, you really care about. And then you get to, I don't know what it is, about around 40, you're like, 
It just doesn't matter. You know, maybe yeah. you see some of those older coaches that you used to emulate that what two years after they retired, like, were they even, I mean, did the wins matter? Did anything, you know, obviously the relationships mattered that they have, but what one thing coach Thomas said to me, uh, he said, I would, if I could do it over again, I would go back and have better relationships with 10, 11, 12, 13, you know, the end of the bench, because you're right. We do focus so many times on the dudes that are on the floor more. We get to know them better. We're naturally having conversations with them more, but I would imagine with your culture that you've set up with communication and, and all of those, that you are getting to know those players that don't necessarily translate to on the court winning night after night. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it is important. And I think, and that goes back to, like you said, I, I would, that's what I would do differently, you know, uh, 23 years ago, 24 years ago, is that I would make sure that I was invested in, in the men that are, you know, out there playing for me and, and not just winning and losing games. And, and it was about me, you know, back then. And uh, I've changed so much, you know, and, and again, I've had great people in my life through that course that have helped me along that way. Um you know, that have helped that grow, you know, uh, guys like Chris Beard, who, uh, you know, because he's at the, the stage he's at, you know, you love him, you hate him, whatever. But like, he's been so good to me and helping me understand, you know, the relationship with players. And then Joe Golding, you know, but, but even before him, you know, um, you know, Steve Green at South Plains College is probably one of the most impactful people that I've ever had in my life. And it was just, you know, we we're ju great Juco, South Plains College, but it was just me and him, you know, we didn't have other assistants and other people around. And, and the relationship that I saw him build, and he coached those guys so hard, man, um, and that they would they would go into his office before they would come to mine, you know? And, and I, I witnessed that firsthand, and, and it's just helped me evolve um, into a coach. And, and, and it's helped me, I think, in my personal life with people as well, not just my mm -hmm. coaching career, you know? Uh, just valuing people more. Coaches, the Jamoti Podcast is powered by Shoot360. The future of basketball has arrived in Dallas-Fort Worth. Shoot360 combines the latest sports technology with the fundamentals of basketball skill development. The result is a one-of-a-kind video game-like basketball program designed to improve your shooting, dribbling, and passing. Visit Shoot360DFW.com to learn more and register for your free one-hour workout evaluation. Shoot360, the future of basketball is here. So we have kind of moved into that that question that I, I plan on going to, which is what would you do differently? We we both, again, you and I are similar in the fact that how we started and we look back at that young coach now and we we see the error in the way that we were thinking, the way that we were communicating with our players. But my question, Coach, is I would think a majority of coaches out there, maybe just because of the time, look back and the relationship piece with players is what they wish they could enhance. How how do younger coaches get that at the right time? Yeah, it's hard because you know when you're young, you want to you want to skyrocket the profession, right? And you, you want to you know coach the highest level and, and do all that. And, and you know, I feel like I was forty, I was forty five, I think when I so when I was forty five years old when I got this job, and that's that's pretty young nowadays. But I felt like I was, and I still feel like I'm super old, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and but you, you can't compare yourself to other people. And I think we have to do a better job now as older coaches, mentoring the younger guys and uh, and letting them know, you know, I can't have a staff meeting because I have three guys that work for me that I have no doubt are going to be great head coaches one day. And I can't sit here and, and preach to them. It's all about winning and it's about this. I have to teach them 
just as I had guys, some guys teach me I'm, later in my career that it is it is about the relationship piece. It is more about the the kid, the individual. Uh, and if if, I, if they watch me and they they see me live that out, then hopefully they'll pick up on that. If we have success, uh, like we've been fortunate enough to have, and they'll carry that into their head coaching career. You know, and I think uh, we have to, we just have to. When when I was coming up, when I was playing, and when I first started coaching, things were different, right? It was about like we were just talking today about. Uh, you know, I was taught to hold my emotions in. Like it was a good thing to bottle everything up. Well, we've learned now that's the worst thing you can do, right? Well, it's the same thing with coaching, man. It was just, and it's what I talk about with Vince Lombardi, who, who I, you know, still I respect gratefully, but like I've moved on from that way of thinking because that was the way I was taught to do it, you mm -hmm. know, or thought I was supposed to do it. And I've learned over the course of time that that's not the way. And, and uh, I think I could have been a lot more successful a lot earlier in my career if, if, if guys that are in the shoes that me and you are in now, you would have done a better job, you know, mentoring us in that in that regard. And so I think it's up to us to help those young guys do that. Yeah, what a great point. Uh, Mono Watts, the president of PGC, says more is caught than taught. Mm. So if we want our players to learn the cultures that we've set up, if we want our assistant coaches, younger assistant coaches to grow and do better than we did back in the day, then we need to make sure that we are uh showing them with our actions with the way we talk with them and because if we're if we're just saying words about hey you know make sure it's about relationships but then your life doesn't show that in any way i think then we 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 uh let them down in a way yeah absolutely so relationships going back and and having more emphasis on those anything else that you would if you you, you knowing what you know now if you could transport back in time, you're starting out. Any other things that you would like to do differently? You know, uh, I mean, it is a good question. I, obviously, that's the biggest thing. Is it's not right. about winning and losing. It, I mean, it is. Of course, that's how we keep our jobs, right? I mean, I, I don't have this job if we don't win. Right. Um, but I think I've learned over time that if you do the things that we've talked about, you know, throughout this process, you will win. You know, I mean, and and so, yes, of course, that's number one, the relationship piece. But I think – I would, it would come back to the family piece. You know, um, I can, I can, I can remember vividly, man, 22 years ago, me, I spent the night at the office after we lost the game. And, um, I had a young, my, my son that's playing for me now, whatever he, he was, he was just born. He was a newborn. My wife was at home and I never went home. And it was because we had lost the game. And I, you know, it crushes me even to talk about it, but I, I can remember it like it was yesterday. And I literally woke up or I didn't wake up. I didn't, I never slept. But I remember our, our, our administrative assistant, uh, secretary back then, walking by, and I'm like, what are you doing here this late? And she said, what are you doing here this early? And I had no idea that the night had passed. I, I, don't, I wasn't doing anything. There was no cell phones really back then. There yeah. was a Nokia with the antenna, you know. And so, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what I was doing. I just – and it was just – it was too much. And, and I, don't, I don't live it like that anymore, man. And I've had so much more success, and I'm so much happier – not being that way and i think just just not overthinking it all man uh it always comes down to that thank you for sharing that because that that is that is powerful to hear um and a, a lot of those coaches that do have young families and man what a great reminder to get home yeah to get home and and, and win at that job uh coach mm -hmm. peeler at highland park says you got to win at the job that only you can do like only you can do um so that that's a that's a really good reminder. What you said about uh, early on, what coaches think will lead to winning is 
better X's and O's, better practice plans, better plays, more emphasis on film. And what gets in the way or what gets left behind is the relationships, the standards. But then you've noticed, and I feel like I've gotten there too, where that's it's it's flipped. It's Ted Lasso. Like yeah. he, <laughs> he goes in and it's not about winning. Uh-huh. It's about everything else. But then that's the byproduct of it. So how did you get to that realization? You know, uh, well, I watched Ted Lasso, number one. It's, it, I got the believe sign over here behind me. I, I, I can lower this man. Over my, that's that little yellow piece. Right oh, over yeah. I see. And it's, and, it's, and it's crooked. I love that. <laughs> I did it right, man. But, that's uh, right. I, I really do. I think it's the people. God bless me, man. And he put me in, he put good people in my life. And so I, I wish I could say I just did it, you know. Um, but, and the most important person to me, and I don't tell him enough, I, I'd probably tell, he would say I tell him too much. I don't think I tell him enough is Joe Golding. You know, um, he really helped me change my course of life, you know. Um, and, and, but, but it's all of them. It's, it's, it's all the guys I've worked for. It's, the, it's not the guys I've worked for, it's the guys I've worked with. I've been I've been blessed to work with some unbelievable assistant coaches that kind of helped me along the way grow. I mentioned Kellen Sampson earlier, you know, who's the associate head coach at Houston. Eric Malagy, who's the associate head coach at at, uh, at Kansas State, uh, working for Jerome Tang, you know, uh, and, and guys like that that I've in Cinco Boone, uh, who is a, a great friend of mine who's now at uh, UTA. But there's so many people at Talbot Hester. Head, I can keep going on and on. Yeah. These are all quality people, not just great basketball coaches, yeah. and and they've. Like I said, God bless me, man. He put all these people in my life when I really needed them, and and they and they they've helped me kind of mature and grow. Uh, most of them are way younger than me, but they still helped me, you know. Um, and then I got to the point where I was working for Joe Golding and just putting, you know, putting him at the time in my life where I needed somebody like that. Uh, that's how I got there. It was just the people in my life. Um, and then you know, again, Abilene Christian deserves a lot of credit for what I'm dealing with or what I what I my growth, and that's that, you know. I came to a place that, I mean, how many coaching staffs get, you know, they go through the division one transition and then they lose their job. And we, they, they gave us the chance to do this thing right. They wanted us to do it right. They didn't want us to try to make a quick fix. And and we didn't know if we believed them at first, you know, (laughs) and we got a little nervous because we won like eight games. Then we won 12, we won 15. We did it right. We barely won a little bit more each year. Um, and, And so but we got there, and the next thing you know, we're winning 27 games, and we're in the NCAA tournament, you know? And then we're back there again, and, and we're beating the University of Texas. You know, yeah, you did. Tournament. As a Baylor grad, <laughs> I loved it. I loved watching so, that. One yeah, people in the state of Texas, they either love us or they hate us because <laughs> of that game. But, uh, yeah. but, you know, it's just – like I said, I'm kind of getting off, off topic. No, you're good. Just, Abilene Christian allowed – was a big part of that. This is yeah. an unbelievable institution with great people. Um, you know, obviously it's a Christian university, but it, and that's a big part for me, but – it's not just that. I mean, there's really good people here um, that care about us as people, and they expect us to win. Um, my president reminds me every time. You know, we, we are. You know, you're supposed to run the race to win, right? And, and um, but they keep score. They keep. That's score. right. Keep score for a reason. And but <laughs> at the same time, we don't want to. We don't want to sacrifice our principles. Mm. Uh, and they they gave us time, man. And and that 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 showed me, man, that there's you can do it right. I love getting to hear about the path, the path that God put you on and the people he put in your life, because there's no accident. There's no accident right. to people that come in our lives. And if you don't mind, I'll just like a, sure. a one minute path, because I have a few people I'd like to thank in case they do mm-hmm. here, because as a 24 year old, I mean, a- after leaving college, my life was was a mess in basketball. I kind of knew what I think I knew what I was doing, but personally, just a wreck. 
and my life looked like that. And Jeff Clarkson hired me at Naaman Forest as a varsity assistant because my high school coach told him he, he needed to. And <laughs> that year, I, I, it, it wasn't all perfect, but having that type of person, if you know Clarkson and everybody, I do, yeah. the, the character that he has, the family man that he is, I got to see that even through my crazy times. His assistant, Cole Johnson, who's at Legacy uh, Christian Academy now, was another one. I mean, night after night, staying in his house, talking with him and his wife about, you know, there's th ways I was screwing up, but they loved me through all that. And then to go to Wes Watson at McKinney High School, where, I mean, a guy just, I, he gave me so much grace while I was still failing miserably in life. And then all of that together, where God put my wife in my life, led me to Grapevine Faith, where just like you, uh, the way ACU has shaped you and your coaching, faith has completely cha changed me because it's not about winning here. Mm -hmm. It is way more about developing, mentoring, discipling these young men that God's put in my life. But I think if I was at someplace else, that drive inside of me that I kind of have to, you know, mm -hmm. keep down the me monster would, would take over again. And so I loved hearing your story and I don't know if those people will, will hear that, but thankful for the people in our lives. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the faith piece is important to me too. You know, uh, nothing happens by accident, you know, and, uh, I, I have no doubt God put me at Abilene Christian at that time in my life, which I thought was a negative when I came here. Um, because, you know, I'd been somewhere for a long time. We were successful. A guy left and I thought I had a chance to get this job and I didn't. Right. And, um, and God put me here because I wasn't ready. And, mm. and he allowed me to stay here until I was. And, and he put all those people that, that I've gotten to know here in my life that to help me, you know, I've grown so much. Uh, I've always been a Christian, um, but my faith has grown so much over the last 10 years, just, just because I, I've been able to see it, you know? Um, and I know that, that God doesn't make mistakes, man. He, he put me here for a reason. You're right on the money. One of the worst things that can happen to people is that they are elevated to a position where their character won't sustain them. They it, it won't work, and that's where I think you see sometimes is uh, overnight, not really overnight success because we know that does take a lot of work. But people that do move up the ladder quickly, if they're not prepared, they fail quickly. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we might think as coaches, like, when is my shot going to come? Like what? I think those are great moments to make sure self-reflect, look and see, is there an area of my life that is holding me back? I, I, yeah. I could, I tell, I've been at faith now 10 years and I tell them all the time, 11, 12 years ago, I could not coach here. I could have maybe lied for a mm -hmm. few weeks or months, but I would have been found out real quick. And yeah. so that you're right. Those doors are shut on purpose because our character and our lifestyles, he won't allow us to go through those. And so yeah. great reminder right there. Uh, before we move to the speed round, which I'll get to know you even better from that, uh, favorite culture building activity that you like to do with the team? Because you said you made a comment that we could talk a whole long time yeah. about the way that you make sure those standards or pillars are alive. What's your favorite or a few favorites? Yeah, so obviously we, we do a team retreat like a lot of teams do. Um, and that, that you know, that's different every year. Um, I think the biggest thing, that the best thing that we've ever done in for a retreat is, is uh, 
you know, we always come up with some sort of video, you know, that, that includes the players or the players' families. Um, you know, guys, some guys are from across the pond, man. You know, they're not even from here. And, and uh, getting to see families' faces and things mm-hmm. like that, I think, is really important. And, and, and others seeing how much that means to those people, you know. Um, but, and I won't go too deep into that because it's something that we do personally. But I think that's one of them. I, I think uh, all the stuff we do on the retreat, you know, um, every year it's different. And, and like last year, obviously, it was pretty Ted Lasso heavy, <laughs> you know. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but it, we're, we're getting ready to go on one here in a couple of weeks. But um, I think, you know, I really do think that leadership groups that we've done uh, is probably the best thing that I mentioned earlier. And it, we, we do so much, obviously, to build relationships and to do things. But those leadership groups have grown. When we first started them, and I think that's where the leadership name came from, it's not really leadership groups anymore. It's more like relationship groups, which I might actually have just now changed the name. We might start calling them relationship groups. On the Jamoti podcast, <laughs> name uh, change, let's go. No doubt. Uh, but, you know, it was like we had one group, like mine was pride of the program. And all we talked about was like, you know, cleaning up the locker room and doing this stuff. And we had a community service group that that was kind of, they for that month, they worked on our community service for our program. Each one had a, had a like a theme, right? And. Um, then when I got the job, we kind of changed it and, and not for any reason other than this to be different. Um, and it was probably the best thing we ever did because man, we have gotten into some deep, deep, and I just mm-hmm. bounce around from group to group, you know, the assistant coaches lead them. Um, they talk about their own personal issues in their life. Um, you know, struggles that they've gone through and the, and the guys are allowed to, to, to chime in and help. Um, but they're also allowed to bring something to the table. Um, and, and, and spark a conversation and just there's we don't go into any of those meetings with a thought process like, OK, this is what we're going to talk about. We just do it. And and I like separating them it, with each. It gives the assistant coaches like some some leaders, you know, some leadership, I guess, some accountability to that group. But um, and, and they're they don't feel like I'm hovering, you know, or I'm, I'm telling them what to talk about. It, it happens organically. And uh, like I said, I just pop my head in. And I'll listen. And, and the one the one I sat in the other day, I stayed in there the whole time because it was it was really gripping. You know what I mean? And, and it got me. And so um, sometimes I'll, I'll pop my head in on a couple. Of, we only do it for 30 minutes, you know, but sometimes it stretches into an hour. Hmm. Um, and, you know, it's, it's kind of our it's like our personal chapel. You know what I mean? And, and we're able to spend some time with each other. And that is I've seen so much growth. And if we want to use the word culture with through those groups, you know what I mean? Um, and I think that's the best thing that we do. And but our retreat is really important too. the things we do. And we do all of the fun stuff that everybody does, the hot seat questions and things like that. But but those leadership groups are once a week and, and they're not just I think so many of us get caught up in doing a retreat at the beginning of the year. And then it's shut. It's put aside when it's done and we never go back to it. Check. Got our culture done right. now to the important things. That's right. And, and, and I think these groups doing them once a week and we don't do them in the second semester usually. Um, now it's because everything's moving so fast, but we, we, we stay consistent no matter what, um, all first semester and, and they get a chance. Like I said, after three weeks, we mix them up and you might be with the same coach that you were with, but you have different people in your room. We just, there's no rhyme or reason. We just throw them in a bag and say, let's go. You know what I'm amazed with? The more I get to talk, I I love talking with high school coaches, but I feel like sometimes high school coaches, we really do focus on. X's and O's a ton, and and I'm, there's some incredible, incredible X's and O uh, or culture guys out there in the high school world. But I've been blown away by guys at your level, and just like you've been talking about all all this whole time, how intentional you are on building those relationships. It, it it's refreshing to know that like it's not just something that they te- that you tell the parents, 
Yeah, we're going to build relationships with your kid. And then you get them in the door. All right, I don't care. Let's win. Like, it's really cool to see because, and, and I hope, you know, parents or players or, or, or high school coaches that listen to this just to see, in my opinion, you guys are the best of the best. You're there for a reason. And the relationships with the players and being intentional with that time, it's important to you. So it has to be important to us. Yeah, and I'll say this. I think I, I really do believe this. I think the best coaches out there are high school coaches. I mean, I really do. Um, and, and especially, but I think it's a little easier for us because we have more time with the kids, right? Um, we we can literally have them all day long. Um, where at you know at high school it's a little tougher because you know the kids are going. I mean, our guys are going to class too, but it's a different schedule. We all know college is different, and so um, we get we're very fortunate we get more time, so it's a little bit easier. It's not easy, but it's easier. Um, but man, if, if, and I think if you guys can do that at your level, um, it takes a lot of work, but man, it's it's so worth it. It's so worth it. Um, and I think everybody would benefit from it. I think we have to be a little bit more more creative with yeah. the times. Uh, and then also, like you said, the intentional with maybe maybe I take a little defensive shell out so that at the end. <laughs> Not defensive <laughs> shell, man. Do something else. <laughs> no, that for me, that's the first thing to go. Yeah. And I might have just lost half of the half of the listeners. He doesn't believe in shell, <laughs> but uh no, but take some time off of of something to really make sure the main thing stays the main thing. Yeah, absolutely. Coaches, the Jamoti podcast is powered by Biology. What's your BSA score? The Biology Skills Assessment is the only verified skills metric endorsed by the NAIA, NJCAA, and a growing number of NCAA coaches to discover and develop the best talent for your team. This four-minute, 40-shot test can be taken free today on the Bology mobile app. Elevate your game. Coach, the speed round. I mean, so many okay. people on your campus, they think they know who you are. But after the speed round, they really will. Quick questions. First thing that pops in your head. Favorite ice cream flavor? Chocolate. How many hours of sleep do you need? I need eight. I get about six. <laughs> That's fair. Best basketball movie of all time? Oh, man, Hoosiers. Has to be. It's like 99% right now. <laughs> yeah, like, it has to be. <laughs> the first, the only one I heard was Finding Forrester with Sean Connery. But I don't, I think it was more because of the other things in the movie. Because yeah, in my opinion, sure. the basketball wasn't great. Um, yeah. For high school, shot clock or no shot clock? I would have told you 20 years ago, no shot clock. Today, I, I got to go shot clock. Thanks, coach. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> Texting or talking? Uh, man, that's changed too. I'm a talker though. Favorite, ho yeah. <laughs> Favorite holiday. Yeah, favorite holiday. It's got to be Fourth of July, right? I'm a college basketball coach, so I mean, we don't get any other holidays. It's the basketball <laughs> coach holiday. That's, That's right. it. Yeah, um, you'd be surprised how many coaches have said that. Like, it, it's funny. I, I didn't think about it. I think before the the, uh, the the speed round started happening in basketball, who's the goat? Michael Jordan. No, MJ. Yeah. Yeah, and I we appreciate. Fight with, I fight with my guys all the time, man. For those listening, he gave me a look like, "What are you stupid?" Like, this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I appreciate that. Um, favorite city in the U.S. besides the one you live in? Uh, it would have to be Rose Hill, Kansas, which is where I grew up, and I still have a lot of friends. Uh, my mother still lives there, and uh, I, I got a lot of really good people there. I go back all the time. That's awesome. If you could travel back in time, what period would you visit? Man, that's a great question. I think whew, that's hard. 
Uh, I love history. I would I would want to go back to to the Roaring Twenties, man. And nice. uh, I think that would be it. Yeah. Two more. How many cups of coffee do you drink per day? I'm glad to say this one. I was an, I was almost an eight a cup guy two years ago. Hey, coach, coach, what, why'd you cut back? <laughs> I just felt like I needed to do something. I was a little high strung. <laughs> so I, I slowly worked my way down to one cup a day, but I don't think you're ever going to get rid of that. Now, one. now, like a cup or a cup? Like how, I would how, go, I would how big is that cup? The right thing. And I get, I get the small, you know, small one, but then I go back and keep, keep getting more and more and more. So yeah. I'm down to one small one a day. There you go. Last one Godfather, Star Wars, or neither? Star Wars. Nice. Absolutely. I'm a Star the, Wars nerd. The force I'm is proud Star Wars nerd. Thank you. Like don't yeah, I'm I'm always I have to talk listen to these people that say Godfather, you know, like that's what they're supposed to say as a coach. Yeah. And uh now let me ask you, as a also a Star Wars nerd, are you just four, five, and six, or do you appreciate the entire canon and everything that they've done? That is a good question. I mean, obviously I lean towards four, five, six, you know, but I, I appreciate the whole thing. And I think because my younger son uh, is a Star Wars nerd with me. He kind of grew into it where my older one didn't really pick it up. So it's mm. been something that me and him have been able to kind of connect on. Um, and I even took him to a, when we were in Wichita six, seven years ago, I actually took him to a Star Wars museum that was kind of a traveling deal. And we had a blast, man. So I'm a real up? nerd. Did you man. dress up at it? So, I, I will not dress up. I won't be that person. <laughs> but um, just because I'm afraid it'll show up on social media. That's fair. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, coach, this is this has been so much fun. Uh, thank you so much for for sharing, being being really transparent with with some of the the struggles that you've had with coaching, and but the way that you are are running the program at ACU, it just seems like it's you've got something really special going on there. So, thank you so much for your time. No, I appreciate that, and I appreciate you having me on and, and working with me on some of the the, the time differences. But uh, this has been fun, man, and, and I love I love to talk. Uh, I, I really love to talk culture. Um, I'll talk hoops and culture any day. If coaches had you know heard something you liked and, and really liked it, what's a, a great way for them to reach out to you? Yeah, uh, so my email is not on the a website, um, but uh, they can always reach out uh, like to anybody on my staff. Um, and you know we're all in Texas. A lot of us are in Texas, man. You'll, you'll find a way to get a hold of me, man. But I'm a guy that's willing to talk. Like I said, I, I'm, I will talk to anybody, man. Um, and uh, just if you can find my email, man, email me. But if not, uh, Coach Crass is on my staff. Um, Ted Crass, he's on there, and he can easily get a hold of me. Awesome. Coach, thank you so much, man. You got it. Appreciate you. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your fellow coaches, and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti Podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.